Welcome to the KayaCast, the podcast for cannabis businesses looking to launch, grow, and scale their operations. Each week, we bring you interviews with industry experts and successful retailers, plus practical tips and strategies to help you succeed in the fast-growing cannabis industry. Hi, everyone. In this episode, we are joined by Gary, the CEO of Kova Software, one of the most prominent software companies in our industry. Gary gives advice to business owners on what they should think about when scaling their business and also what to think about when expanding to another location. This is a good one. I hope you guys enjoy. You've been an executive for the who's who in the mobile industry for quite some time. What are some of the things that you've seen in the mobile industry that the cannabis industry should take on? I think one of the biggest things is higher store manage from the cellular industry. Because both stores are highly complex retail. And highly complex retail involves not only the systems you use, but the complexity of the products. And then you have another layer in our industry, which is the compliancy. So what can you say? What can't you say? How much can you sell, you know, without overselling? Then as a store operator, there's marketing restrictions of what you can and can't do from an advertising and promotional perspective. It's, it's complex. In a new state or a new geography, or even in Canada, if it's a new town, you know, you're going into the first dispensary in Moose Jaw. There is no one with cannabis experience. So it's not like there's a million kids running around who want to be bud tenders that know anything. There's not. There's probably no store managers who've ever had to run a compliance store, submit all the reports on a nightly or weekly or monthly basis, and then handle volume. You know, think about most retail stores don't do the volume, the number of transactions per day, especially at the dollar amounts that we transact at. And, you know, the average retail store does less than a million dollars a year. The average dispensary does well over two and a half million dollars a year. So in, when you start thinking about it, do I want someone who understands, and this is a giant tip retailing. We are retailers. Everyone thinks, no, we're not. We're dispensaries. Well, dispensary is a cannabis store. And all the principles of retailing, they all apply. So having someone who can understand a more complex retail structure and high volume and high dollar amount, high ticket sales, usually that's, that's not common in retail. So mm -hmm. that's my first tip about what can you take from the mobile industry, bring over. And I think secondarily, you know, and this is a much deeper conversation, but you look at the stage of the market and where is your market? Is it an introduction? You know, just start like, they're just issuing licenses. They're just figuring it out. Or are you moving up growth? And there's a lot of, you know, you can get a marketing textbook that talks about the product life cycle from introduction, growth, maturity, decline. 
And you need to manage your business differently at each one of those stages because each one involves varying levels of competition and with competition and supply and demand comes pricing decisions. You know, if I had a second tip, it's don't think you can manage your business the same way at all points in this maturation of the industry. And the maturation of the industry is your market. It's not Canada. It's where's BC at. And then you look at the U.S. and it's state by state. And every single state is its own country. Because in the U.S. you can't ship cannabis across state lines. So the supply and demand is in that state. So your strategy should tie to where your store is in relation to where the market is. What would your advice be to, to them compared to somebody that's starting a dispensary in an existing state where there's 500 licenses already issued in that state? Well, the thing that, and, and it's similar for both, you need to determine what your value proposition is. What is it that's going to make your dispensary unique, different, and valuable to shoppers who want to, who come in. If you're the only dispensary in 50 miles and you're going to be the only dispensary for the next year, all they need to know is that you're there and you have weed and it's fairly priced and you'll do fine. But a year down the road, when those 500 more licenses come, how are you going to distinguish yourself? And what's really bad is that if you've never thought, and that's why I go back to what are you about? Like, I can't tell you how many dispensary owners I've talked to in the last five years that struggle. And they're, they didn't struggle day one. They struggled at month 13, month 25, you know, a year, two years down the road, all of a sudden it's like, well, this isn't easy. This is a dogfight. And I ask, so my first question is, why would I, why would I go to your store? And you'd be shocked. There's, well, because we have good prices. Well, that's, a, that's the wrong answer. Um, and we'll talk, we can talk more about price. But if they don't really know, and they can't verbalize it, how do their employees execute on any kind of strategy? or give people a reason to come in the store. So you want to start with that. What's your, what's your differentiator? What's your, what's the thing you're going to deliver? Can you communicate it clearly and easily to all of your employees and say, this is what we're about. Now, if we get a year down the road and you're struggling, let's revisit that. You know, one of the things I've learned is that if you're an absentee owner, Things never work out the way you, you hope because the likelihood you're going to have managers who know exactly what your vision is and they're going to execute on that vision. And let's say your vision is satisfaction. I just want people to leave and go, that was a good experience. What is it that made, like in your mind, what was going to make that a good experience? And is it always communicated 
is everyone living it down the line. And if you're an absentee owner, I guarantee you they're not. They don't know it. They don't live it. You know, six months down the road, someone gets hired. The owner comes in and says, do you know what ABC Cannabis is all about? And they go, just make sure we open on time. And when people come in, you know, greet them and help them. And and the guy's like in shock, like, no, that's not it. It, There's way more. (laughs) So that's a, that's a long way of saying, um, you need to know what you're about. And there's like a dozen different North stars that you could be about. It could be about selection, convenience, um, like parking, like honest to God, imagine if you're in an urban, like Vancouver, urban Vancouver, and you're the dispensary with the parking lot. So people driving into the city, driving out of the city, driving around on the weekend, we're super easy, plenty of free parking. Well, no one around, no one within five miles has that. That could be your thing. You know, let's say that your dispensary is in a, in a bad neighborhood. Maybe it's safety, the safest place Mm. to buy cannabis. And it's like, no one else hung their hat on that, but you've got, you've got the outside on surveillance. You've got a guard. Your thing is you'll walk people to their car. You know, all of a sudden you go, is that that big of a deal? Well, guess what? No one else does that. And you just happen to address a concern or an objection or a hesitation to go into a dispensary, you solved it. So can you elaborate a little bit on your vision, your idea, your brand, but also tying it back to your community? You had a question that you, you said you might ask me. So I, I'm going to tie this other question into this answer. Mm-hmm. What should a business owner think about before looking to expand to another location? And I think even if it's your first store, you should be able to answer this to an investor or to yourself because it's your money. What is the demand and why will I carve out share in that location? So now how do we, how do we answer the question? What is demand? Well, we look at what is my market area? So how many blocks or miles is going to be my addressable area? You know, you could be rural and it's huge, or you could be urban and it's small. Or you could be in a place where you could do delivery and it's it's expanded. And then based on the type of delivery, you know, whether it's, you know, the um, ice cream truck or pizza model. But one way or another, geography comes into a store, a brick and mortar store. Geography matters. So what's my addressable population? Addressable population isn't every human body. Your addressable population is, are they of age to buy cannabis? The likelihood that they'll buy cannabis. And then how are they going to get there, drive or walk? You know, I think you need to understand access. And let's talk about likelihood. So go back to what you're going to be about. Let's say you're medical. Your dispensary is medical, medicinal. 
well, what if the population is very senior? That's a good thing for medicinal cannabis. So if I was rec, it might not be as attractive as a medical cannabis, as a medical dispensary. At the same time, what if it's like new apartments, first time home buyers or renters? Um, I want to know that because am I going to, does my value, does my proposition match the demographics or the people? What if I'm going to catch people on the road, whether it's people on an interstate going, you know, back and forth across the country or city to city, or I just want to catch people on their way to the lake, or I want to catch people on the way home. So understand what, what is the addressable market? I need to understand how many bodies or how many bodies are going by my store per day. And then the next thing I'm going to ask is the what's the competition, the competitive landscape like, am I the first? Or am I, am I going to be the only, or is it crowded and how crowded is it? Well, if you're not the first, it's not like Ricky Bobby, then you're the last. But if you're not the first, I, you're now in a competition and I, I need to know my competitors. So what is it about them that people like? Because guess what? They've carved out some, there's, there's only so much market share. If there's two competitors, let's say each has 50%. How are you going to get some of their pie? So I need to understand if there's two competitors, why do people, why do some people go to that one and other people go to that one? Hmm. Okay. Am I filling a gap that neither of those two fill? Or do I think I can do my thing better than either one of those? They're all about convenience and selection. I was going to be about convenience and selection. Am I really going to do it better? Maybe you will, maybe you won't. Maybe you need to change your strategy. So that's, that's the thing about location is there could be a, you know, a bad location, like you're completely buried behind used car lots and no one goes back there and no one can find it. But let's just say you have a, you have good visibility, good location. You need to think like a strategist, like, how am I going to win in this? So what are you going to do better and different? <laughs> how should an entrepreneur diagnose where they should spend their time? Do you have a strategy? So if you have a strategy, you have a plan or you have a, this is what we're going to try to do. And whether you're a grower or a manufacturer or a retailer, or even like ancillary, like we are, your company and mine, we're trying to figure out what are we going to do in the next year, let's say, what's our plan. And then we need to try to execute or build our business around that plan. So a, you've got a direction you want to go in. It's got to be measurable. And now as we start moving through time, 
are we measuring progress relative to the goals? And if you're measuring that progress, there's going to be deviations from success. You could be crushing it. And if you're crushing it, what are we doing right and why? And how do we do more of it or keep doing it? That's where I would spend my time. Let's say that we're not reaching our goals. Then I need to understand why. So I think is that entrepreneur, whether you're in any part of the supply chain or I guess anywhere in business, it's, are, do you have numbers that you're measuring against? And then when you look at those numbers, do you analyze them and do anything about them? And to me, that's where you should spend your time. Now, not all of your time exclusively. Like I said, you could be an absentee owner and just read numbers and then give edicts about do this and do that. Um, I'm a big believer. Well, let me go back. Let me give another lesson from my career. So in the mobile, in the mobile phone industry, I worked for the big phone companies down in the U.S., which turned into AT&T and Verizon. And I had this one company that was a Texas company. And I smile because usually I'm going to talk shit about Texas, but in this case, I'm not. And when they became my boss, one of the, their like mantras was from the CEO on down, anyone above me who interacted with me, wanted to know if I knew my business. That was like the guiding principle. Do you know your business? So my business was San Diego, California. I should know really everything there is to know about the cellular phone industry and how we're doing in that industry in San Diego. That was my business. When I went to my sales team or operations team or install, like guys who installed car phones, um, do they know their business? You know, and I'd ask them, how many, how many installs did you do last week? How many do you have on the books for this week? Why don't you think you had more? Um, how's your staff? Are your st people staying with you? Do you have turnover? How much turnover did you have last year? How much turnover do you think you'll have this year? Do you know your business? And I think there's no better advice than that. And you won't know your cannabis business if you're not talking to your customers. I want to ask you, and I want to dive into this a little bit more. What are some of the common mistakes you see business owners make? Well, the first, and I bought, brought this up earlier, is price. So as we just went through a period in our industry of um, reduced margins, you know, in, in Canada has one, well, each province has a version of it. Each state in the U.S., based on where they're at in their cycle, has a version of it. But then overall, and I can say this for Canada as well as the U.S., we have limitations in getting capital that other industries don't. <clears throat> so when, you, when you're in these moments of headwinds that are affecting your cost structure, 
other industries can get working capital pretty easily to get them through the period and, and we don't. So what I see over and over is like the easiest lever to pull is that one. <clears throat> hmm. It's the worst one. It's the most dangerous one. If you live by price, you'll die by price. And the thing is to get out of that spiral is incredibly difficult because you're going to try to tell the story of some sort of value to bring your pricing structure back up. And you better be a great salesperson and deliver on whatever this prompt, the new promise is to get back there. But unfortunately, in the last two years, we've seen enormous numbers of dispensaries go out of business. And if there's one takeaway that I'd like everyone to take from this is that, you know, when I talk to dispensaries that are closing their doors and I ask them, they always, you know, ask them why, what happened? They say, it just got too tough. And, you know, the margins were too low and we just couldn't operate anymore at those margins. But what they never say is there's a dispensary across the street and they're not closing. They never look in the mirror and say, what did okay. I do wrong? Well, it's always the same thing you did wrong. You didn't know what you were about, which didn't translate into some sort of reason for people to shop with you. You went down the price. You know, you, you threw all your, your ideas of why this is a great dispensary out the window. And then there was no coming back. And the guy across the street didn't do that. It's tying those same principles, the same exact principles we've been talking about together. Don't give up on your strategy. Figure out how you can deliver it and make your customers happy to keep coming back. Um, I had an example, and, and, and this is a converse one to what I just said, <clears throat> but it's equally important. You know, quality is a strategy. And people will pay something for it. They might not pay double or triple, but everyone recognizes it might be worth a little bit more for that word, that quality. And, and the quality can mm -hmm. be the product or the experience. Like shopping in that store is worth an extra dollar, $2 or $5 for the way they operate, the way I feel, the way it all kind of happens every time I interact with them. I shop for quality. That's, that's my, for me, when I go into a store and I buy something, it's how knowledgeable is, are the butt tenders and do they give me exactly what the mood that I'm trying to get in? And once those align, I'm, I'm always coming back. I'm with you. Well, if you, if you set that as part of your deliverable, there's a cost. You need to train your people. You need to work with them. You need to train your buyer. You know, I wrote down, you know, if you sell crap, whether it's weed or technology, your employees pay a price in dealing with the customers when they're unhappy. And when the customers are unhappy and they come back and get in the face of your employees, your employees become unhappy. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, Nobody wants to be unhappy day after day, every day they go to their job. So what happens? They, they wind up quitting. 
you know, they'll find another bud tender job or store manager or buyer job down the, down the street where they have a belief that they could be happier and not have to deal with all those people. And if they leave, you could say, well, I can get more people. I, I can hire people whenever I want. But whenever you hire people, you've got to train them, ramp them up, get them productive in your way of doing things and the way your store operates. But if the core product is bad, the core experience you're delivering is bad, those people are going to burn out too and leave too. So think about the not just the short-term cost and implementation of your strategy, but what does it mean in the long-term? Invest in that long-term. So invest in, you know, are we going to invest in this much quality, this much quality, this much quality? Or it doesn't even ha- it doesn't have to be quality. It could be, like I said, that what if your thing is safety? Then make sure that that you keep delivering on that. That's the expectation customers have of you. Um, if you let them down, they'll just go somewhere else. So, mm-hmm. you know, when you when you ask that question, common mistakes do you see people make? Again, it's they forgot what they intended to, to do as a store and they stopped delivering on it. And then they, instead of doing the work to get back to where they need to be and want to be and should be, they grab the price lever because I can do that in a second. And will it move the needle? Yeah, it'll move the needle today, but in the long run, it erodes your finances. That's, that's really insightful, short-term, long-term. And sometimes you make a short-term decision, but it detrimental to, to the long-term survival of the business. For me, I always think about <clears throat> if you ask the right questions, you'll spend your resources on the right areas in your business. So it all starts on asking the right questions, right? What are some of the questions that you think that, uh, dispensary owners should ask about their business if they haven't already? Well, that highest level one, why would anyone come shop here? Mm-hmm. If you can't answer it, guess what? Customers can't answer it. They don't know why they should go there either. So ask that why. You know, I always give the example, medicine man up, like up where all the marijuana growing was in Denver off I-70 <clears throat> is, is closest to the Denver airport. And when they started cannabis tourism, there these um, cannabis buses would pick you up at the airport, take you to a grow, take you to some stores, <clears throat> let you get high on the bus. But I went to the Medicine Man one stop, <coughs> and I went in the dispensary, and they had the the rope, like the bank ropes, you know, where they go back and forth, like security at the airport. And I thought, God, what a horrible shopping experience. Like I'm walking in a store and you're going to put me into this, this line. But what was happening was buses let 30 people off, 30 Mm. people get into that line. They help them as fast as they can. They also know they're never going to see these people again. Like they're going to get back on a plane and leave. So it's not like we're trying to build a customer for life. 
we're trying to take care of volume as fast as we can. Yeah. And I went, wow, there's, you can have a lot of different flavors of dispensaries. Yeah. That one was speed. Like how can we mm -hmm. sell as much as fast as we can? So where, where do you want to dial that level of service? And like, you think about McDonald's, McDonald's doesn't deliver a one. They train the people, you know, they're not always like the most happy, courteous, you know, rah, rah people. But if you're just a total downer, they're going to talk to you and then they're going to get rid of you. And then you've got Disneyland where you better be at a 10 at all times. And that's our culture. You're delivering a 10 to every visitor. So somewhere in between, where do you want to be? I think that's an important thing to think about that you might not have ever, I'm opening a store, you know, everyone's going to treat everyone well. Guess what? If you don't tell them where you expect them to be, if it happens, it's by chance. It's not because you're managing the outcome. The brand promise and the customer experience is the fabric. It's the foundation. It's, it's pretty much when you're building a building, you noted two things that are probably the most important aspects of running a retail store. What's your brand promise? And what does your customer experience look like? Because everything is built on top of that. So why did you guys, <laughs> why did you start Kova? What did you see in the industry that uh, prompted you to start Kova? Well, it's a really simplistic story. <clears throat> you know, I was from Colorado. I lived in, in um, California for 19 years. And a lot of people I knew were in the cannabis, the legal cannabis industry. <clears throat> and um, when we thought about starting Kova, you know, and, and this was out of a mobile industry POS. So wireless store POS. <clears throat> and that company had about 84% market share of all um, wireless stores use their software. So they figured out the code or they, they crack the code of how do you do this complex software? And when we were talking about it, I called people I knew and I said, tell me about um, point of sale software in the cannabis industry. And this was eight years ago. And they all said the same three words. It all sucks. Well, that in itself was like, well, there's an opportunity. But then when we really dove into why does it suck, you know, <clears throat> I need more, you know, and it wasn't, it, it really wasn't features. It wasn't, it doesn't do, you know, this thing at the point of sale or that thing at the point of sale. It was um, at the highest level reliability. This, those were the days where everyone crashed on 420. And it was just unreliable, undependable. Um, people in stores had to do reconciliations every night before they sent in their reports to Metric or BioTrack. <clears throat> they weren't integrated, um, real-time syncing reports. And, you know, as you got into it, um, it was frustration with accuracy reliability. And, um, and, and honestly, I just connected the dots. I was like, 
I know what the secret sauce was for these guys in the wireless space. And I, I never worked for them. So I was business partners with that company. <clears throat> and I knew that their secret was UI UX. It was the user interface, user experience, which translated to, is it easy to use, easy to learn? If you could do the software, easy to use, easy to learn, make it reliable, we can we can carve out some business here. So that's how it started. So this in the cannabis years, ancient. Six years ago, seven years ago. Yeah. That's a long time ago in this industry. Yeah, we passed our we started it seven years ago and then we just went like had our six month commercial launch at MJ BizCon six years ago. So come a long way. Yeah. Fast. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about what you guys have in store. What, what is, what are you guys building today and what can listeners expect from Kova in the coming years? Well, that's a great question. You know, the first thing I tell investors and I tell customers, I tell everyone is we plow all of, all of our, you know, profit back into the product. So we've done that ever since we started. And it's a constant investment to try to get product superiority. So superiority in usability and in um, functionality. So what I see happening is we're seeing more dispensaries in more states or provinces um, having a distribution aspect to their business where they're having a central hub and then moving if the state allows it or the province allows it move it um you know move it from a centralized buying ordering place and warehousing so building that functionality so that it's easier and you know in the u.s we have <clears throat> all the traceability so you're adding a lot of reporting steps to say, yeah, we bought it here at the depot and we're moving it to, you know, to this location or that location. Um, you know, we also have places in the U S where you can subdivide the cannabis. So you buy a pound and then turn it into eighths, quarters, halves, pre-rolls and all that tracking information needs to go into the new, the new products that have a different weight but they came from the same batch. So being able to do things like that in bulk. Um, there's other, there's other elements that we see, which is like bulk editing, where we just want to change the price of all of our concentrates. <clears throat> hmm. And we don't want to go product by product. How do we start doing things, whether it's by manufacturer or by category? and do them in bulk and give the customers the tools to, to just do those things. Um, so those are efficiency types of improvements. I'm trying to think of like, there's nothing big that isn't confident. Like there's nothing, I wish I could say I have like some secret thing that's going to revolutionize the industry. I don't. Um, but I, but these are, they're just, these are very, very important features 
that helps a business scale. Exactly. Things that help a business scale or a business like MSOs that are at scale. It's just more advanced tools that, you know, so not only let's say we want to change the price in a category, but we have six sets of pricing. We have small town, big town, resort town, urban, rural, and we're going to have, we're going to dial in different prices in six different pricing schemes. So it becomes more and more complex as the industry gets bigger and bigger, the, the demands that they expect from us increase. Well, that's awesome. It's always great talking to you. I always learn a lot. And this time you've given a lot of thought to somebody that is running a dispensary and how important it is that you align your, your brand promise and your customer experience, which is the foundation of pretty much everything that you build your business on. Before you go, how can our listeners get a hold of you and, and get a hold of Kova? Well, you can reach me at Gary at Kovasoftware.com. <clears throat> and then um, we're at Kova Software. <clears throat> so you can can always get us. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, Gary, and sharing sharing your knowledge. Anytime. Love talking to you. Thanks for listening to the KayaCast podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcast app or visit our website to learn more about our guests and to access the full archive of episodes from the show. Join us next time as we continue to explore the world of cannabis and help you grow, launch, and scale your business.